Okay. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today on this media call. Uh, my name is Robert Craig. I'm the Executive Director of Citizen Action of Wisconsin, and I'm joined by State Senator Latanya Johnson, a Democrat from Milwaukee, and Julie uh, Whalen Capel, who's a substance use prevention expert and actually runs the largest program on prevention in, in high schools uh, in the state of Wisconsin. Therefore, it brings a lot of expertise and knowledge to the table. So what we're here to talk about today is uh, the proposals Governor Walker made, um, which are out front of the special session that he's called on, 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 on the opiate, uh, opiate epidemic and uh, substance use issues. And uh, what we want to talk about here is prevention. Uh, Citizen Action and the other people on this call, Senator Johnson and, and uh, Julie Whalen-Capel and many others, we're pleased to see that there was a prevention component of it, as prevention, we think, has been the biggest missing piece in the response to the, uh, the, the opiate epidemic. Uh, but we're concerned that the actual amount of money is not sufficient, not nearly sufficient to have a serious prevention program that would actually increase, dramatically increase the safety of young people across the state of Wisconsin and make it less likely that they become addicted and then have their futures and their lives uh, dramatically damaged and affected by, by, by opiate addiction. Um, and so really we think that, an ep that when we talk about this as an epidemic, that this is not simply an analogy, that modern medical science finds substance use um, is, uh, problems and abuse to be a medical issue, not a criminal justice issue per se. And in, in just like with cancer or anything else, there needs to be a public health response uh, to the crisis, to the scale of the problem. So if we were having an epidemic of flu or um, Ebola or, or what have you, uh, any major communicable disease, there would be a, a, a major ma uh, public health response that was immediate that tried to prevent the transmission of the disease uh, throughout the state and to prevent more people from becoming infected. Uh, the same thing, we should be, we should be doing the same thing for uh, substance use issues such as the rising number of opiate addictions and opiate deaths in the state of Wisconsin. And so what our concern is, is that although we're thrilled that there is $100,000 for screening, brief intervention, referral to treatment, something, a program that we have been promoting for three years and many others uh, longer than that in the state of Wisconsin, when I hand over to Senator Johnson, she's going to point out, since she wrote a very good bill on this in the last session, uh, that that's not nearly enough to actually provide uh, prevention and screening and then, and then referral to treatment if necessary uh, to every high school student in the state of Wisconsin is what we, is what we need in order to actually take, take this seriously as an epidemic and actually respond to this crisis um, at, with, with policy that's up to the scale and magnitude of, of, of what we're trying to address. And so with that, I want to turn it over to uh, Senator uh, Johnson, Who's gonna, who actually did get a legislative fiscal bureau memo for her bill and therefore can speak uh, with, with great authority on what would actually be necessary to provide this kind of prevention to every high school student in the state of Wisconsin, every school. So, Senator Johnson, thanks for your work on this issue, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to participate in this call. Um, through the research that we did through our office and the estimates that we were given through the Legislative um, Reference Bureau, it would cost approximately $1.8 million to adequately screen all of the high school freshmen 
in the state of Wisconsin, and that would include both urban, rural, and suburban settings. So there are approximately 422 school districts in this state. And of those 422 school districts, there are approximately 378 high school grades. And the $1.8 million, a million dollars a year would be used for training purposes. With an additional $830,000 a year, um, would be utilized for local hiring um, to make sure that we could adequately screen all of these students. Because in order to do this correctly, it would cost approximately 22,345 staff hours, which would um, represent approximately ten and a half um, employees. When I saw the request, or not the request, I'm sorry, when I saw um, Governor Walker's proposal of $100,000 that significantly underfunded, um, it may be utilized for a pilot, but it would have in no way the effect that would be needed in order to adequately fight um, the heroin epidemic that we're seeing here um, in Wisconsin especially when you consider 281 people in Wisconsin alone um, died as a result of heroin and opiate overdoses. So the, the lack of funding for this program greatly concerns me because the preventative measures are always going to be your best um, avenue in terms of making sure that we do something to control the death in the state and to inadequately fund something as important as this program, especially when it could be so useful as pinpointing children in high school that would um, go on to, you know, become addicted. That greatly concerns me and more money needs to be given. Uh, thank you very much, Senator, for all your work on this and getting that analysis done of your bill. And I think it speaks to what I was saying before, that if we had an influenza epidemic sweeping the state, we would take bold action to try to prevent the transmission of the disease, and we're not acting with that kind of uh, boldness and that kind of uh, certainty in the, in the opiate and heroin uh, addiction crisis that we're facing, the epidemic that we're facing. And, in fact, there's research that shows that for every dollar you spend on this kind of prevention, it saves $11. So it, it shouldn't even be about the money, actually, since this is going to save money if you invest heavily in prevention. But someone who really understands this and has run these sort of programs very successfully is on the call with us, uh, Julie Whalen uh, Capel. So thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for, for having me. I am so uh, passionate about this issue because uh, I have, as you mentioned, been running a, a screening, brief intervention, and referral to treatment program uh, in uh, six different school districts in Wisconsin, and I really just want people to understand that we've been doing this in uh, urban but also suburban and also rural school districts. So it really applies across our state. And what um, what we've really been doing is looking at the evidence, and the evidence shows that this type of prevention can really um, help kids. And and what you need to do is exactly what uh, Senator Johnson was talking about, which is 
uh, screen all of the kids in a particular grade, uh, as she was suggesting, all the ninth graders in the state of Wisconsin. Why do we need to do it this way? Because there are kids in schools who are, are experiencing already a ninth grade. They are um, Julie, being Julie, this is Kevin. Let me, let me try to fix the line here. There's a bit of an echo. One second. All attendees are muted. Okay. With those on the speaker line, too, if you're not speaking, please mute yourself just to eliminate background noise. Thank you, Julie. Back to you. Okay. Is this better? Okay. I'm yes, thank you. I'm going to keep going. So, like I said, um, there are children already in freshman year who are experiencing issues in their lives with substance use. And so prevention is about helping them before it becomes a full-blown addiction. And there's so many studies showing that if we can um, prevent kids from getting involved in substances early, then they are much less likely to become addicted later in life and have uh, some of the issues that, uh, that, for instance, Senator Johnson and, and um, Mr. Craig were talking about. So um, this type of screening that we are talking about, uh, which there's an acronym, SBIRT, S-B-I-R-T, there's a lot of evidence showing that it can actually help uh, people um, who are already using substances such as alcohol, marijuana, or other substances, it can help them use those substances less often. It can help them, even if they're drinking, for instance, it can help them drink less. But, but more importantly for this conversation, it's, it's, if a child, a young person, is not using substances yet, most of our ninth graders in Wisconsin are not using substances, but they know about them. If they're not using substances, a preventive program like this can actually stop them from even trying those substances. And in our um, prevention world, we call that delay the age of onset. In other words, we, we push back the date at which a child will actually try alcohol or try marijuana or try other substances just by doing a screening like this. So it's incredibly powerful if you do it ahead of time, if you prevent the, uh, the um, behavior from happening in the first place. There's also studies that show that um, young people are really wanting to talk to adults about drug and alcohol use, and we found that in our program. So I want to be clear that the screening, I know I was confused about it at first, the screening is a conversation. It is not um, a, like a urine sample test, for instance. So we're talking about allowing every ninth grader in Wisconsin to have a conversation with a caring adult about alcohol and drug abuse and use in their lives. And when we did the screening at six different school districts, 2,500 kids, many of the kids, they didn't have substance abuse issues themselves, but people in their lives are using substances, their siblings, their parents, their relatives. And they want to have a conversation with, a, with an adult about these issues. It's incredibly powerful, and, and there's other states that are doing it, and um, if Wisconsin could implement something like this, it would just help our kids tremendously. Uh, thank you very much, Julie. That was very instructive, I think, and very powerful as to where, we're go where we need to go. And I just want to say before we open up to questions that uh, I think we're, that everyone on this call is pleased that uh, screening brief intervention referral to treatment, uh, which is a, the most robust prevention program that, we, that would help all of our high school uh, students in Wisconsin starting at freshman year, 
that it, that that's in the governor's uh, original proposal is great. That's progress, and we assume that others, like uh, Representative John Nygren, may have had a role in doing that. But a hundred thousand dollars is not going to go very far. And so we're really, if this is an epidemic, we're beyond the point of pilot programs. Uh, we actually need to address it as an epidemic. And we know we'll save money in the long term, a great deal of money, according to the existing research. And so the request here is, is that uh, the governor really put, and the legislature put a lot more money behind this. This would have a huge amount of bang for the buck. Right now, there's four times more spent on criminal justice investigation into drugs in this proposal than in, uh, the, in prevention. And so that is the wrong, uh, the, the wrong emphasis, quite frankly. And so we want to build on the progress we've seen with at least this uh, program being proposed and actually fund it to scale and make sure it's in every Wisconsin high school and that every student has a kind of conversation with a caring adult uh, that Julie just discussed. So with that, let me see if there are any uh, uh, members of the media on the call who have questions. And you can unmute yourself with star six. Uh, All attendees are unmuted. Yeah, I'm going to give them another couple beats here just in case someone is having difficulty with the star six. Okay, so feel free to contact us at Citizen Action Wisconsin. You have my contact information and Kevin Kane's um, on the media advisory, and we can get you in touch with Senator Johnson or with Julie Whalen Capel if you have any follow up questions. Uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. we, we have a question. Uh, go right ahead. Yeah, yeah this, this is Greg from um, uh, WR. Um, I was uh, wondering about some uh, specifics of what the uh, the governor said. Um, if there's any relation, um, he's brought up a lot about um, using uh, about drug testing. Uh, uh, Statement that it was the executive order he issued. Um, he's going to uh, determine whether federal temp TAMP, uh, funds may be used to combat the opioid epidemic, affecting many impoverished families. Um, is there any um, any concern about that? That will be used. The TAMP funds will be. Used funding and that it may take away funding that's needed for, say, you know, food, housing, and I'll just comment quickly on both questions, then see if Senator Johnson and uh, whether Julie uh, Whalen-Capel have any comments. Uh, on the first one, obviously, kind of a punitive drug testing of people to get public benefits is very different than what we're talking about. It's, uh, and it, it actually is based on the idea that there's some sort of that a drug abuse is a moral issue or something is a moral issue as opposed to a medical condition. Uh, and so forcing people to get choose to have to get treatment or to get food is, is really not only not the right approach from a public health standpoint, but also stigmatizes people who have, who have a medical condition, substance, uh, substance use or substance addiction. And then for the second uh, concern, it, it just it would depend what we see in the actual state budget. So if we were to cut other vital programs that would harm people to fund this, that would be entirely unnecessary because, as I pointed out, 
uh, this actually saves money, uh, a lot of money, uh, once you make the, invent, uh, make the uh, investment. But with that, let me see if Senator Johnson or, uh, or, or Julie has any, any reaction to those two questions. Um, uh, this is actually, I, I completely agree. I, I think your question points to why SBIRD is so important. It's because once these children reach adulthood, you know, even though we know that heroin and opiate abuse is something that this entire state is cycling with, no matter what sector or county you're from, is that when these individuals become adults, there is low to no policy. And, you know, drug testing individuals, so what, what difference does it make? The difference doesn't make if you are addicted, you are still a human being. And you are entitled to food. Everyone should be entitled to food. And to basically say that, you know, those, we're drug testing those individuals that are relying on economic assistance in an effort to get them help. That's ridiculous to me because the very fact that you're willing to cut those benefits says that that's punitive and it's not helpful. So the preventive measure is always going to be your best course because we want to prevent our children from getting to that state, from getting to the point where they are being told that you're going to have to drop clean in order to be able to eat. And that's a huge concern for me. And we want to make sure that whatever program that we put out front to fight this epidemic is funded adequately, because if it's not, then it, it, it does no service. And when we are talking about, you know, drug testing for economic assistance, when we know that it's not going to be an immediate um, given that individuals are going to be able to, to get off, because we know that people have struggled with drug addiction for years. And to the extent that some people have lost their family members, not one child, but multiple kids, um, it's a huge issue. And you never want to put punitive measures as a way to force people out of addiction because we've been, it's been shown that that just doesn't work. Uh, thanks, Senator. Uh, Julie, do you have anything else you want to add, or did you say what you wanted to say? No, you guys covered it. Okay, very good. Uh, uh, thank you for that. Any other uh, any other questions uh, from the media on the call? I've got another. Uh, can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Um, again, on the, the executive order issued earlier this month, you mentioned for this is something to be directed at state of Wisconsin employees. It looks like. Um, he's looking for calls for involvement in the statewide prescription drug take-back days. Uh, I looked that up. Apparently, it's not through public health. The, the DEA, uh, the Drug Enforcement Agency. Um, I was just wondering if any of the, uh, the speakers um, knew anything about this program or what it, uh, uh, you know, what it might entail. Yeah, I'm not looking at, and I'll, I'll let the other speakers respond too, but 
at it directly, but usually a prescription drug take-back program is around collecting unused opiates and painkillers so that they're not in the household and they don't, and therefore they don't get used by someone else um, or, get, or be taken by, by someone else who, who, become, who gets hooked on them and then becomes addicted and then, and then goes to other drugs. Uh, so that's usually what these are about. Um, as a, and also, they by the way, prescription drugs of this kind also pollute the water and are, uh, are also an environmental hazard. Uh, but we actually, and this is not the subject of this call, we actually think there should be something much bolder in this area rather than having single take-back days uh, that we should actually ask prescription drug manufacturers to pay uh, for the collection and disposal of their products because their products are both are dangerous to public health when they are still out there and they're, and they're in kitchen cabinets. And that is the gateway right now. Most people are starting their opiate addictions with legal prescription drugs uh, that, that were bought legally. So this, that's, so if it's a, a traditional take-back program that has a day, that's fine, but we need more than that. I would say. Uh, Senator Johnson or Julie, do you have any thoughts on this? I, I don't have oh, this is, any thoughts. Uh, this is Julie. I, I would absolutely agree with what Robert said. Uh, I would add that, um, you know, there are a lot of communities in Wisconsin that uh, have gone beyond one day of drug take-backs uh, for instance, I know West Dallas, West Milwaukee, in their police departments have uh, drug drop-off uh, 24-7, 365. And there are many other communities that, that have this capacity uh, to accept um, prescription drugs at any time, and then they'll be disposed of correctly. So that's certainly a step in the right direction, And um, but... Uh, there are there's certainly a lot more that can be done. There's money that it costs those police departments to process the the prescriptions, and um, you know there's outreach that needs to be done. Uh, we need to talk to our seniors about uh, getting rid of uh, extra prescriptions. You know there's there's a lot that needs to be done around this issue. Great, thank you, Julie. Uh, other questions. Okay. Hearing. Oh, go ahead. Um, go. The uh, back to drug testing. Um, in the um, governor's state of the state address on Tuesday, um, he twice mentioned drug testing in the context of um, uh, job training programs. Uh, he would talk about the, you know, people who needed assistance were required to go to job trainings, were required to search for jobs, and have Drug, drug testing and, if required, would be put into a treatment program. Is there any, um, uh, I, I guess, this has been, you've addressed some of this earlier. Um, is there any indication that, this, that the, the, the program may be a sort of, um, uh, that what the governor is proposing may be sort of a, you know, a way to, Get people in some kind of mandatory way into into some sort of some sort of treatment program. I'll just respond briefly. Um, I actually think uh, that the motive here is not really to get people treatment. Uh, it is to stigmatize people who 
who depend on any kind of public program uh, for for food. He wants to extend it to Badger Care. He can't do that legally now, but he has asked. He has proposed supported the Medicaid block grant idea that that Paul Ryan's been behind and might go forward in the new Congress, because in the states have the flexibility to do this sort of thing. I think it's about stigmatizing people. It's actually about saving. Uh, pulling money out because if if people don't go to forced drug treatment, then they don't get the public benefit, and it saves state government money, saves it in terms of GPR. I mean, uh, spending, not in terms of cost to society. The cost is greater society. Um, so, and also, I agree with Senator Johnson that forced drug treatment does not work. Uh, and why don't we? If it's a if it's literally a medical condition, which is what what we now think in our, in our society, what medical experts think, would we force test for cancer as a condition for, for public benefit and then have forced treatment for cancer? Uh, so that's the way we need to think about this, I think. But uh, uh, Senator Johnson, do you want to comment on this at all? Um, no, I don't have any comments. You nailed it on the head. And I think that's pretty much the the problem is that there's so much uncertainty. Nobody knows exactly what the meaning of that comment was, and we won't until, you know, that legislation is rolled out. Uh, Julie, do you have any thoughts? Thanks, Senator. Julie, do you have any thoughts? No, you, you said it all. Okay, uh, other other questions? I'm set, thank you. Oh, well, thank you, everyone, for participating. And uh, and uh, we want to respect you. I thank Senator Johnson and uh, Julie Whalen-Capel. I think it's been a very informative call. So thank you, everyone, and have a great day. Thank you very much.